Hey, awesomes. This is Meg Teets, and welcome back to another episode of Extra Awesome. From time to time, we take a break from our regular Friday schedule and talk to amazing people who are doing awesome things in the world. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my longtime friend through the world of online writing and community, Jamie Martin. Jamie is the author of books like Steady Days, Give Your Child the World, and the very soon-to-be-released book, Introverted Mom, Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy. Jamie has some very awesome inspiration for all moms, really, but especially for those of the introverted variety, which we know many of you awesomes are. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute. But first, you guys, we are loving all of the new reviews you're leaving for us in Apple Podcasts. A few weeks ago, we put out the challenge to see if we can hit 500 reviews in Apple Podcasts before the end of April. This whole month, we are celebrating our four-year anniversary of creating Sorta Awesome just for you. And one of the best ways to spread the mission and message of Sorta Awesome is to just tell people about it. We only need about 80 more reviews to hit our target of 500 reviews in Apple Podcasts. And we're wondering if you could possibly be the person that we need to help get there. So if you're on an Apple device, whether it's an iPhone or an iPad, maybe you have a Mac with iTunes on it, just search for Sorta Awesome in your Apple Podcasts app, scroll to the review section, and leave us a brief review. It does not have to be epically long, you guys. Just one sentence that tells one thing that you love about Sorta Awesome. In fact, here's a recent review from Kate Kelly on Apple Podcasts. Kate wrote, I eagerly wait for each new episode. It feels like I get to have coffee and chat with like a thousand friends. Not only listening, but also having access to the groups has been life-changing. So thank you for that, Kate. And like I said, we only need 80 more reviews to hit our goal of 500 reviews in Apple Podcasts in April. So once again, open your Apple Podcasts app, search Sorta Awesome, leave a brief review, Done and done. Help us have a happy birthday by shouting your love of Sorta Awesome in Apple Podcasts. Okay, Awesomes, I really am so excited about this episode of Extra Awesome. I know it really is going to be so encouraging for so many women. I have here with me today a woman whose advice and approach to mothering I have trusted for many years. I'm so thankful that our paths have crossed online. Jamie Martin, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Meg. I am super, super excited to be here. This is the most awesome part of my day today. Oh, good. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Well, you know, we love to have authors come to Sorta Awesome and share with us their new babies that they're birthing out into the world. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure you have babies on the brain, right? (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. This one I really am so excited about because you know, Jamie, I am always down for some personality talk. This is going to be so fun. Yes, I know. We both love personality. And I think for the longest time, I don't know where I got the idea, but I think I thought that you were an introvert, but you are an extrovert, an ENFP. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yes, remembered. Okay. I feel so seen and known. <laughs> right. And I'm an INFJ. So we've got the NF thing going yes. on. Yes, in common there. Yeah. It's true. Now, ENFP and INFJ are one of the like sort of classic happy pairings right. in Myers Briggs, whether it's 
friendship or romance, we do tend to get each other right. so well. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I am an ENFP, but, and I don't know if you know this, I've mentioned it a couple of times through the years. I actually talk about it quite a bit because ENFPs are known for being the most introverted of the extroverts. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. We can we can definitely lean heavily into our introverted sides. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have this extroverted intuition as our first cognitive function. So we're taking in a lot of information all the time. And our second cognitive function is introverted feeling. And so we are, like to go under and kind of process what we're learning through our extroverted intuition. Okay. So anyway, sometimes okay. we can kind of really, in fact, it's so, so, so super common for ENFPs to be like, am I really an introvert? Am I really an INFP? We struggle with it a lot. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting because for me, my first cognitive function is introverted intuition Yes, and then extroverted feeling. And, and so when I, when I've read about that, it's, fascinating to me because they say that, you know, I can be really in tune with other people's feelings and yet out of tune in a way with my own. Um, And that sometimes I have to kind of uh, vent or journal and then feed it back to myself to be able to pick up as if I was doing it, you know, listening to someone else. So yeah, so much interesting, interesting stuff to learn about with personality. Oh my gosh, I feel like I've been doing this for like over a decade, just really digging in and there's always more to learn. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, because I do kind of totally get that introverted thing because again, ENFPs tend to be more introverted. Also, I'm a highly sensitive person and so um, a lot of the traits for HSPs really kind of mirror and go alongside with um, traits and um, you know, sort of the approach the work to the world that introverts have. So having said all of that, I super loved this book. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, I know what I'm going to be giving to so many of my friends. Oh my gosh, um, thank you. Yeah. That's so good to hear. So, so great. I would love for you to say a little bit more about this book, because like I said at the top of the show, this isn't your first book. You've really been writing in the world of parenting and homeschooling and really, you know, mothering specific topics for years. But I'd really love to know a little bit more about the story of how this concept of a book written specifically for moms who are introverted, how did this come to be? Yes, I would love to share that. I think like most of my books, it was an idea that simmered on the back burner for a few years. And so, and some of those things that simmer on the back burner just stay there and the burner eventually turns off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yes. <laughs> um, but then others kind of simmer on the back burner and then slowly it starts to boil a little bit more and it becomes more concrete until suddenly it feels like a, a thing, right? A, a tangible idea that can really go somewhere. And that's kind of what happened with Introverted Mom. I think it started in a way, well, with me as a parent way, way back 
when, but more recently, several years ago, when Quiet by Susan Cain came out, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, and everyone was suddenly talking about introversion. It was kind of like an introverted renaissance, and that was really exciting. Yeah, that was really exciting to hear and to read and to see. And yet I kept feeling like that, uh, not, not that book specifically, but the whole concept in general rising to more awareness at that time, it didn't fit moms that well because, you know, the common advice to take care of yourself, to make sure you get this elusive recharging alone time that introverts so badly need and all the moms are going yeah right that would be nice (laughs) (laughs) when they're you know surrounded 24 7 by these little or larger or in between people and so I felt that there was a way or a need really to extend that exciting conversation to a new demographic who really badly were in need of it. And that idea combined with my own experience of being a young mom and feeling somehow flawed and defective because looking back, now I understand myself a lot more and I can see how draining the process was. But at the time, not having that knowledge to the degree that I have it now, I just felt, you know, something's wrong with me. Why can't I do this? This was what I wanted to do. This is what I dreamed of doing. And why now that I have it, does it feel so hard? What is wrong with me? And that was really the impulse behind Introverted Mom, because if I could have had this book myself 15 years ago, I really do think that it would have made a difference for me in my view of myself, in my view of my kids, in my expectations and setting them appropriately for how I would feel, how they would feel, just the whole thing. And if I can offer that to some other moms, I will just be over the moon to kind of lighten their load, help them not experience that that degree of guilt that I wrestled with. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so beautiful and so powerful. And I think it really touches on one of the reasons why I am such a really fanatical person when it comes to all kinds of personality things, because I think each of us really innate in the human experiences this idea of like looking at others and being like, why can't I be like that? Whatever the thing is that's valued, you know? And so if it is, you know, being more outgoing or, you know, just giving all of your time and energy um, and not taking time to recharge, that might be the case, or it could be, you know, why can't, why am I not driven to succeed more or, you know, the other end of the spectrum, like, why can't I just settle down and rest ever? Why do I feel compelled to keep going all the time? Um, So all of these things, whether it's uh, Myers-Briggs, other personality systems, the Enneagram, which we talk about often here on Sort of Awesome, um, all of them really kind of help us to maybe turn the question away from why can't I be more like that to how can I really thrive at the way I am, the way I was created? Yes, definitely. And I, and you're an Enneagram nine, is that right? I am a nine. You're good at this. I love it. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm a four. Okay. So a four with a three wing. And that, for those who know the Enneagram, then, then you've already summed me up correctly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I don't really even need to say more about that. I'll leave that <laughs> <laughs> the whole description of the moody artist who is trying to wrestle with their feelings and <laughs> dive deep into figure it all out and what's the meaning of it all that that sums me up and hopefully I manage to stay in those healthier regions more often than not. But yes, both of both of the, the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram have been such a game changer for helping me to understand myself as a mom, a woman, just a person in general. Yeah, it really, I mean, I say all the time that I got into Myers-Briggs and it really saved my marriage in the sense that like it helped us to understand why the other was the way that they were. And yes. um, over time, you know, my husband, well, he's an INTJ Enneagram five. So in the beginning, he was quite skeptical about it all. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. But over over time, he has definitely really seen how these differences. Again, you know, for you know, each every personality type sort of has their unique struggle. But when you can kind of flip it around and look at your unique strengths and really live into those and honor those. makes a big difference in the experience of life, I think. Yes, I do too. And I also think on the flip side, when I can understand, oh, of course I struggle with that as a four. All fours Mm -hmm. struggle with that instead of feeling it's very common for fours to feel fundamentally flawed and things like that. So just knowing, oh my gosh, there are other people who we all have that struggle. It's not just me. Yes. And of course, I'm going to struggle with that when I'm not in a good place. So even that helps to release some of that burden, which is super helpful. You guys, spring is here and it is so awesome to finally get outside and work on gardening, going for long walks or or planning your first backyard picnic of the season. The not so awesome part is cleaning it all up. Whether it's a trail of muddy kid footprints through the house or a pile of dishes after our first picnic, nothing cleans my house like the spring scents from Grove. Grove makes healthier home products accessible and affordable. Over a half million families shop grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. Grove makes it easy to find the best natural, eco-friendly products online and delivers them straight to your door so you can make better choices for your family with just one click. I love that everything at Grove is healthier for you and the planet, and it really works. Grove delivers natural brands that you love like Mrs. Meyer's Seventh Generation, Burt's Bees, and Grove straight to your doorstep. I've told you how much I love my essential oil burner from Grove Collaborative along with their Purify Essential Oil Blend. It makes my house smell so good, along with my brand new Mrs. Meyers multi-surface spray in mint. In fact, you can get this exclusive Mrs. Meyers offer from Grove before it runs out. You get to choose from your favorite Mrs. Meyers spring scent, peony, lilac, or mint, and new customers are going to get a free cleaning set 
in those limited edition scents when you place your first order of $20. You're going to get a free Mrs. Meyer Spring hand soap, the Mrs. Meyer Spring dish soap, the Mrs. Meyer Spring multi-surface spray, a Grove Collaborative cleaning caddy, and Grove Collaborative walnut scrubber sponges. Those things are awesome, you guys. Try Grove now before this very amazing and exclusive spring offer runs out. That's right. For a limited time, you awesomes are going to get that free cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer Spring Scents, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer from grove.co slash awesome. That's grove.co, not .com, slash awesome. Grove.co, not .com, slash awesome. Very, very helpful. Okay, well, let's dig into this because, I mean, Jamie, there is so much good stuff in this book. I was looking through it last night and just thinking like, what do we even talk about? Because this is all so great. But I wanted to pick out a few things from the book that I thought would be great takeaways that our awesomes could listen to and really even apply to their lives starting right now. And I love the fact that very early on in Introverted Mom, in chapter three, actually, you give pages and pages of ideas for true self-care. And I love before you go into your practical ideas about it, you you kind of talk about how self-care, it's a this trending concept and that a lot of times it gets all mixed up with the practices of making yourself better or making your life better. Right. But you point out that there's a really important distinction between between like self-improvement, like self-help. I mean, I want to be more productive. I want to do this and that. And then the idea of what it means to truly care for yourself. And you have some great practical ideas for self-care for introverted moms. So I would love to hear some of those that you wanted to share with the awesomes today. Sure. I think the first thing is that realization that there's a difference between self-care and self-improvement was such a big aha moment for me because I found that there was a tendency when I finally got the alone time that I needed as an introvert to make it useful, quote unquote, right? Mm. To earn Mm -hmm. my time away or if I was wrestling with some kind of issue with a child to figure it out during that time to make a a brain dump list or to do a Google search. And a Google search can easily take up an hour and a half, right? Yes. (laughs) And lead you down (laughs) rabbit trails that don't exactly lead to anywhere. And I'm not sure anyone would call that really recharging. And yet that was the type of thing I tended to lean toward because I had all these thoughts buzzing around in my mind when I finally got this alone time I needed. And it was when I began to realize in this one particular situation with a child, okay, this issue is not going to go away overnight. It's not, there's no quick fix. And what I need is not to solve it, but what I need is to care for myself well so that I can continue to help this child well and mm-hmm. be bring my best self to that situation. And then that changed everything in, in that 
situation because I went for a walk and I read a chapter of fiction and then I took a nap and then I watched a historical drama. And I just afterwards, the whole thing took maybe two hours. And this was after I had been wrestling for four days mentally with this one issue. And in that two hours, I felt so much better just like my normal self again, that I knew, okay, now I can continue. So that was the basis of me putting this list, this long list in the book. And I organized it by time so that even if you have uh, less than 15 minutes to up to a few hours, you can find something to work for you. Because I think, especially when we're moms of littles, and you almost feel like you never get a full hour. You might have five minutes mm-hmm. or 15 minutes. <laughs> and by the time you wrestle with decision fatigue to figure out what to do with that 15 minutes, it's gone, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crying or, yeah. So that was my heart behind creating this list and organizing it by time, especially. And so a few of the things that I wanted to mention. One is I have a Chimes app on my phone. And it's called Westminster Chimes. It was free. And I set it to go off each hour, you know, like a grandfather clock would. And whenever I hear that throughout my day, that's a signal to me to just come back into the, okay, what's going on? How can I be here now? Come back into the present moment because for my particular bent of introversion as an INFJ, I tend to be in my head, thinking of ideas in the future. And so I find that just a really centering practice. Mm, And that's helped me a lot. Yeah. And then something really simple that I love in the afternoon, and I put it in the list, is to wash your face or brush your teeth. It's such a small act of self-care, but I love the feeling of having clean teeth. And so I feel like around three o'clock every day when when I'm finally done with my intense homeschool day for us with the kids, I love to just come upstairs, brush my teeth. It's like a signal that, ah, the afternoon is here. I can relax a little bit. And that takes, what, two minutes or one minute? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... It's not, it's not much at all. Another thing I love to do that I recommend in the book, or I don't know that I love to do it, but I loved when I figured out that I could do it, which was during the time when my kids were loud, they're still loud, but (laughs) when they were smaller and louder and we would have maybe afternoon quiet time, quote unquote, but it was not always quiet. Mm -hmm, Someone was asking for something or, right. (laughs) And sometimes I realized that the only place I could actually get quiet was in the car. And from the car, from our van in the driveway, I could shut the door and have like my own personal spa moment (laughs) where I'm close enough to deal with anything that genuinely comes up. But I can just have five to 10 to 15 minutes of quiet, genuine quiet, not overhearing someone playing in their room or, or anything like that. So that's a big, that's been a help to me when I figured that out, especially as a mom of littles. Yes. Yeah. I get that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and what's something that, I mean, what's something that you like to do in, in the realm of self-care? 
I have to tell you that I loved that you use like brushing your teeth or maybe splash a little water on your face as a signal to you to just like take a moment to care for yourself. I also very much believe in that. And, but mine's at a different time. I love my skincare routine at night before bed. I tend to be, I'm one of those that I like, I do the whole thing, like the whole, like two different kinds of cleansers and, you know, like this rose water toner that I got at Trader Joe's. It was so cheap and it smells so good. <laughs> and you just feel like you're doing something so nice for yourself. Yes. Um, I have no problem. Of course, this is after my youngest children, the twins are in bed. So again, no interruption. Yeah, the girls, yeah. we're kind of in the sweet spot right now where the, the twins still have a little kid schedule and my girls are old enough to kind of, you know, of course they can do their own thing and right. have their own evening plans or whatever. And so I can go in the bathroom and, and I I love that you said that. It's just like at the end of your homeschooling day, you're like, this is the thing that I do. And now I'm all fresh and ready for like afternoon and evening. Right. I totally feel that way about doing my skincare at night before bed. Like there, it's a therapeutic, almost a, like a physical thing of like, I'm washing off the day and, you know, preparing for, um, bed and rest and all of those things. I It's really a ritual for me that feels very nourishing, very caring. Um, and of course, a lot of times too, I'm thinking about the day, thinking about the day ahead that's coming tomorrow. I have found, I think as an Enneagram 9, I know one of our traits that a lot of nines um, have in common is that we really, really, really like predictability, mm. <laughs> sometimes to our detriment because mm-hmm. <laughs> we can get stuck in our routines. But but as long as it's not tipping over into an, an unhealthy like resistance to change, right. um, I think it, there is something that about just like the daily routines that really, like you said, with the chimes kind of bringing you back into the moment, little things for me, like in the morning, going around and opening all the shutters mm. and at the end of the day, closing them. And these little, just like tiny little micro moments yes. in the day that kind of call us back in like, okay, we're starting the day. Okay. The day we're closing out the world and we're gathering in for sleep and all of those things. When you have the right, um, not, I don't want to say right, but when you take on the mentality of this is a meaningful moment, even those little tiny little moments like that can really help you feel connected and not be so much in your head or, you know, worrying or replaying things and just kind of be in the moment. Right. Yes. And I think we have the tendency to think that it's the things outside of our routine that we'll remember most, the wild, fun, family vacations that happen somewhere else. But I also think we'll remember those moments. They're very calming and they're, they seem like they'll last forever. But a lot of the things that we do with our kids, our kid routines, they change over time, right? So you might look Mm -hmm. back five years ago and realize, oh my gosh, we don't do that anymore right? Something that seemed like it was going to last forever and sometimes even frustratingly so. Yes. <laughs> and then you realize suddenly that, that that has passed and you think, oh, when was the last time we actually put right. away? My son used to play with this cardboard church that he had created out of cardboard uh-huh. and he would play with it every day. And we just found it in the attic. He's now 14, almost 15. And we were cleaning out the attic and it was, 
he was going to throw it away, right? But we all kind of gathered around the cardboard church for just a moment. Because <laughs> yes. we could all remember, like, when he used to play with that every single day. And then he took one of the little paper spotlights that he had made that, like, pointed down to the people who were, I don't know, on the stage or whatever. And uh-huh. <laughs> he said, can you put this in my treasure box? I want to keep this Aww. paper spotlight <laughs> As a symbol. So so sometimes the things that we think are going to last forever, those whether it's a routine or something we do, we'll look back with with real uh, treasuring the memory. And I have to remind myself a lot of that because I think uh, Enneagrams four, we tend to resist the mundane and want stuff to be not so overstimulating that it's crazy making, but we want it to be special, special, Mm. special. And Mm -hmm. so I actually, on, on one of my lists that I see on my computer every day, I have a little note to myself saying, today, God is calling you to the mundane. And just Mm. seeing that helps me to remember when I start to get frustrated with just the usual dishes, laundry, whatever. These are the things that add up to equal my life. And the last thing I want to do is let them rush past me. Oh, yes, definitely. I love that. That is so, so important and so easy to get just caught up in the just, you know, get the next thing done. And so I love that. That's a beautiful reflection. Um, again, like I said, I truly was like overwhelmed thinking, what can we, you know, pull from the book that's really going to speak to people right where they are? You have so much. And what I really love, Jamie, that you've done is every chapter is such a great blend of, first of all, your personal experience as an introverted mom, a mom who has been through lots of different phases and seasons of parenting. So you have that perspective where you can, like just now you can pull back and think about when your kids were little, but also now you have big kids. And um, something else I love that you did is you pulled in reflections from introverted moms. So sprinkled all throughout the book are these little vignettes from other moms speaking about their experience because you know, with personality typing, one of the big criticisms is that it just puts people in a box and (laughs) (laughs) labels people. And then you're expected to live this way because you're this kind of person. But I love that throughout the book, you have all these different perspectives showing that like introverts, of course, are a whole range of people. Like it's a huge, beautiful spectrum of people. And these other moms kind of sharing their experiences, it helps to um, maybe for the reader to kind of take away the feeling of like, I'm not alone in this. Like I could, I can see myself in this person's words and I totally relate to what this mom is saying. Um, But so towards the end of the book, you have created an introverted mom's manifesto. It is so great. Um, I love, it begins with believing I am a child of God, a gift to my family and the world. And in order to nurture myself as a woman, mother, and introvert, I will. And then you have all of these really inspiring, concrete points that people can kind of take away, like a sort of summary of, okay, now that I know this about who I am and how I was created, this is what I want my life to look like. Mm. 
And so I would love if you just shared some of those that maybe were meaningful to you or you think would be good takeaways for awesomes who are listening that they can really be reflecting on in their lives right now. Yes, I would love to do that. And each one of these points reflects back to one of the chapters of the book. So each one, there are 12 and then a final one to sum it all up. But each one goes back to one of the chapters of the book and the theme of that chapter. So my idea with the manifesto was kind of a a summary, a conclusion, just reminding you this is where you, what you want to remember going forward. And yes, yeah, so I would love to read a couple of them. One is, these are probably the ones that stuck out to me the most because they're the ones that I need the most help with. You know how that, mm, you know how that yes. goes. Yes. So um, one is, I will accept and embrace my limits. I will look for definite yeses and refuse to settle for less. When I say no, I'll do so without guilt. When I say yes, I'll do so with enthusiasm, acting within my sweet spot. So good. Love that. Yeah. Then another one is, I will nourish myself knowing that rest makes me a better mom. I won't sacrifice the essence of who I am on a self-made altar of perfectionism. It isn't selfish to need a break from my children. I'll choose self-care over self-improvement. I am so glad that you addressed that in that chapter. And then again, to restate it in the manifesto, I do think that for many women, depending on how we were socialized, you know, the models that we had growing up or the culture that we're in, um, that a lot of times there is that struggle of like, it feels selfish mm. to take care of myself. Mm. And you do a fantastic job of pointing out that no, it is not. It is truly caring in caring for yourself. You are better equipping yourself to care for the people who are reliant on you, whether they are small children or whoever it is in your life. And I'm so glad that you really um, make that, like you really emphasize that and make it really clear because sometimes we just need somebody to give us permission. Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally get that. And this whole book, I wanted to be a permission slip for the introverted mom to, to have that external. I know for me, when I feel like there's some kind of authority figure in some way that is telling me something, and this is probably a total, uh, like conveyor belt hangover from past experiences in some way. Yeah. <laughs> but if I read someone, you know, on the internet who said that such and such is a great idea, I'm like, oh, see, it's not just my idea. Such and such said so. <laughs> totally, so I yes. am happy to be the such and such in this case. And you guys can say, Jamie said that it was fine to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love being that, uh, yeah, just being the one to grant you that permission slip. I would love nothing better. That would make me feel like mission accomplished. So love that. Love yes. that. Another one comes from the chapter where I talk about how introverts deal with loss and heartache and, and somehow, and sometimes how they deal differently with that than extroverts. So in the manifesto, it says, I will go through difficult life seasons according to my temperament. I won't pretend away hardship or disappointment. I will care for the little girl I once was and still am. 
I'll extend kindness to myself and accept it from others on behalf of the one who promises to comfort the brokenhearted. That is so good and so powerful. I mean, just real, like I said, so much of your book really deals with the realities of life and certainly loss, grief, major disappointments. All of that is part of our collective paths through life. So I love that you talk about how introverts are probably going to deal with it a little differently. And again, just giving that grace to say that it may look like this for you Mm. and that's okay. Yes. And I think also when we understand that there, we could have a tendency to go inward with our grief and pain in a way that's unhealthy in terms of keeping it all in, keeping it together, feeling like we have to deal with it ourselves. And that Mm -hmm. is not necessarily going to help us at all. So just having the idea in mind, oh, okay, this might be what comes naturally, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what is best for me. And just knowing that then we can seek out who is my safe person and that I can go to with this, who is going to be the one to help carry it so that it's not all on my shoulders. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me was just realizing that when I share vulnerably, which can be hard for certain introverts, it might feel like a struggle in the moment, but afterwards, ah, it's like I can exhale, I can breathe again. Um, it doesn't feel as dark anymore as it did just in my head. So I hope that I hope that chapter helps other introverts to have that perspective as well. I will um, skip to the last one then, which is the conclusion and the most important thing of all for me, the, the very final point of the manifesto, which is I will forgive myself. When nothing works, when I screw up, feel drained by our schedule or emotionally exhausted from constant noise, I'll let grace cover all. I'll allow imperfection in my home, my family, and myself. I'll go to bed as soon as I can, get up, and try again. Because what my children need most from their introverted mom today and tomorrow is just for me to be here. And that I promise with love to do. Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. I'm going to start crying over here. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens easily these days. Truly, that message of just embracing who you are, not only for your own good, which it is for your own good to really live into how you were created, but then also the good that that brings to your family, to your community, and and to the people that you interact with is just so powerful. So having said that, Jamie, let's talk about where people can find the book, because I'm telling you all, uh, we have a lot of authors come through with lots of new releases, but this is one of those that I think you're going to want to have on your bookshelf. You're going to want to read it, of course. Keep it on your bookshelf. You're going to loan it out to your friends. I think this would be a fantastic book club book, whether or not you have, I mean, probably most book clubs are a mix of introverted people and extroverted people, but I read this even not as an introvert and I learned so much and I feel like there's so many ways to apply this. I think it would be fantastic for book clubs, for mom's groups, all of those things. So 
where can we go to find Introverted Mom and just tell us all the things we need to know about the book? Okay. Well, thank you so much for those kind words, Meg. They mean so much coming from you, and I really appreciate it. Of course. I uh, created a book landing page, so it's where you can find everything you need to know about the book, and that's at jamiecmartin.com slash introvert. And that has an excerpt. It has everywhere you can get the book, your usual venues. It has the the book trailer. It has a quiz so you can take it to figure out, are you an introverted mom or extroverted mom? It has the endorsements that people were so kind to give. And then it also has information about the four pre-order bonuses. And since this episode is airing before the book officially releases on May 7th, then your listeners have the chance to get those. And I would love for them to, because it's a really beautiful package I put together. It's called A Year of Introverted Introverted Mom Inspiration, and it has a separate bonus for each of the four seasons. So there's a spring Introverted Mom bonus, which I called Spring Break for the Introverted Mom. It's basically like a week of self-care themes, and you only need maybe 15 to 30 minutes a day to to take full, um, to experience that fully. Then there's going to be a summer book club experience for both you and your kids, which is going to be really fun. Um, for autumn, I'm, I made the bonus my first book, which is called Steady Days, because I think that's perfect for back to school season. And it's all about creating routines and thinking through rhythms that work for you and your family. And then the winter bonus is called an introverted mom's advent calendar and it's just a an advent calendar for moms to use that maybe takes five minutes a day but it's really sweet it's on these little slips of paper and you draw one out every day so it's like a little gift to yourself and in, in the midst of the busy advent season we can really use those small short pauses to center and ground ourselves in in the piece of the of the season. So that's the pre-order bonus package. And I would love for you to get it before May 7th. I love that. That is a lot. I know. <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> I had the first the first one, which was the spring break. And then I was like, spring. Oh my gosh, this yeah. would be so fun if there was one for each season. And then I just couldn't control myself because <laughs> I love introverted moms and I just I want to bless them with this book. And then the book is going to be in your hands if you pre-order in time for Mother's Day, which I just love that as well. Absolutely. It really is perfect timing. Um, And again, I would say this as um, somebody who is an ENFP, that truly there are so many great takeaways in this book for moms of all personality types, for sure. So... Well, Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. I know that you are doing lots and lots to prepare for your big book launch um, in May. So thank you for taking the time to come to Sort of Awesome. We so appreciate it. Oh my goodness. It was the best part of my day. So fun to chat with you, Meg. Really quickly before we um, wrap up. So jamiecmartin.com is your website, right? Yes. Yes. And then um, social media wise, is there a channel that you're particularly active on where we can find you and follow you for all kinds of, you know, book news and other things? Yes. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm Jamie underscore C Martin. So that's where you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, my page is Simple Homeschool with Jamie C Martin. So especially if you happen to homeschool, uh, you might want to follow that. And then my 
blog is called simplehomeschool.net. If you're a homeschooler, then you can follow me there. All right. That's where we first connected millions of years ago. So long ago. So long ago. Yes. So fun. So fun. Back in my simple kids days, which I sometimes will be reading a blog post and I'll see myself having commented. It's like (laughs) Megan at Simple Kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a little like time capsule. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. That's amazing. Because when did you first start blogging? Well, I started like blogging in 2000, 2006 is when I started sort of crunchy. Okay. And then I think it was around 2009-ish in that realm when um, Tish asked if I might take over at Simple Kids. And I, so I did that for a few years. Right. And so, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was 2009 when I started. So definitely in those yeah. early days is when we connected. So fun to remember that. I know. I know. I love it. Well, awesome. As you all know, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.